I am Rose Stuckey Kirk, and this is what I wore when I got my first job in corporate America. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samerton. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. On this podcast, you've heard from a lot of familiar names, actresses, singers, reality stars. Rose Kirk is a name you're probably not familiar with. As the chief responsibility officer of Verizon, she rose through the ranks of corporate America as a woman in the 80s and 90s. And that was a story I needed to hear. I met with Rose at Glamour's 2019 Women of the Year Summit, where she spoke on a panel, and I found her fascinating. We talked about what she wore during her first big corporate job interview and how her style has evolved since. I especially liked hearing what her big purchase was after she started making some real money, and it's really good. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for being I'm here. I'm so happy to be here. So I'm going to ask you what I ask everyone, which is, what are you wearing right now? <laughs> Describe. That took me for, I'm like, I don't know the brand. No, oh, just brand. a great like cape type sweater. It makes me feel like I am a superwoman. And then an, it's kind of grayish, tweedish looking, very I guess. Fall-y. Kind of a fall looking with nice sort of sparkly black and rhinestones and silver jewelry. A nice pair, a comfortable wide leg um, slacks that are gray. And then some nice burgundy tights with Stuart Weitzman burgundy shoes to add a pop of color. Love that. Love, Love that. The burgundy on burgundy. Burgundy on burgundy. Yes. And because the name of the podcast is What I Wore When, you are going to talk talk about what you wore when you got your first job in corporate America. Um, I understand that this is this was the 1980s and it was a time when women were sort of by and large expected to dress like a man. Yeah, that was that era when women would show up at work and they would have on either blue, brown, or a gray or black suit, always with a little white shirt. Sometimes you could be a little adventuresome and add maybe yellow or pink. And then you had the little bow ties that went around your collar. Oh my goodness. And then you would pull your hair back with the little sort of bow ribbon thing back there. And then all the shoes were really sensible and everyone had nude hosiery. And that was the style because they were competing to be taken seriously by men. It was just that era where we were really beginning to break down a lot of the doors and the, and the glass seal. So I come out of this journalism background where I was working in a newsroom where you could wear whatever you wanted to work. And I had to buy a suit in order to get my first interview in Dallas, Texas. Now, mind you, I was coming from Alabama. So I thought, Dallas, fashionable women, right? So I went and splurged my little journalism salary, which wasn't a lot of money. I think I was making maybe $14,000 a year. So I splurged and bought this fabulous Ellen Tracy suit. So it was absolutely beautiful. It was linen. It was double-breasted. It had this long, flowy, pleated skirt. Pleats are in again. And it was extremely stylish. And as I walked across the floor for that interview with everyone in their cubicles, I was sort of swishing across the floor and I could see people popping up over their cubicles. <laughs> That's such a great visual. <laughs> they were like, who is 
this woman that has just shown up swishing in, in her swishing skirt. in her skirt in this somewhat corporate but not quite corporate suit. Uh, I kept that suit for years. I got the job, by the way. I was that and was kept that question. Suit obviously, you for got the years. Job. Yeah. So, can you tell me a little bit more about that job? My first job in corporate America was an executive speechwriter. Where? For Southwestern Bell Telephone Company. You know, at the time, it was really just writing speeches for the executive team that headed up the Texas division. So each state had its own president, and I was the speech writer for the president and his direct reports. So all those journalism skills went into corporate America as a speech writer. Is style something that's important to you right now? I think style is important to me, being comfortable with who I am and showing up in a way that feels authentic to my Southern roots. You know, Southern women have a tradition of always looking their best, right? Always going out, uh, looking great. If you think about even Southern football teams, the women still dress up to go to the to the, uh, right. to the games. So it is important to me. I, I don't overthink it. I have a set style that works for me. But whenever I have a major presentation, I think a lot about what I'm going to wear. And usually it's going to have red in it because that's my power color. And that's I the feel, color that looks yeah. best I heard a lot of women say that, that yeah. red is a color to be reckoned with. Yeah, you kind of break through. It's it's unexpected. And, you know, I believe every girl should have some red lipstick. So I carry a lot of red lipstick and not ashamed to wear it. And today my nails are actually polished red. Love so, that. What's your you favorite go. red lipstick? Do you have one? I don't know if I have a favorite because I'm one of those girls that can get lipstick anywhere. I can get it at the, um, you know, local drugstore. Yeah. I can get it, you know, from the makeup counter. I, I just love to get it wherever I can, and, and I always look for a red. Are you a shopper? Not really. It's interesting because I have a lot of clothes in my closet, and probably once a year I purge, I mm-hmm. donate, I give away. I have a very classic style. So even to this day, I have suits and clothes that I wear that I was wearing 30 years ago. In fact, one of the, the uh, suits that I bought, it's a beautiful magenta color, and I used it for another interview that I was uh, leaving one company, going to another. And I recently just had it redone. It had a long black collar, and I had the collar taken off and round it, like more tunic style, and I'm still wearing it. I just repurposed them. And a good A-line skirt is going to last you a lifetime. That's an interesting philosophy to me that instead of acquiring, you're sort of shifting what you have and making things in your closet feel more relevant. I've never really, like I've gotten things tailored, of course, but I've never really thought about repurposing something that I would otherwise give away and be like, oh, maybe I can completely redo this. That's a really interesting, yeah. Particularly if you love it, right? I mean, there's seasons where everything's belted and you can add a belt to it. You can, again, take shoulder pads out. You can add darts. You can, I think it's great for us to not be so wasteful in society about clothing and what we have. And if you have some good quality clothes, it's important to me to just repurpose, reuse, and not always be acquiring something new. Do you consider yourself a minimalist? Maybe not aesthetically, but... Not really. I just think I, I consider myself cheap. And so that in and of itself, Fair. Yeah, that allows me <laughs> to be very thoughtful about, you know, sort of what I'm doing. And, and plus, you know, like a lot of women, I come and go out of different sizes. And so sometimes when I have something that's just really great and classic, and I know I can, uh, I tend to gain more weight bottom half than top half. And so I can wear a lot of the same jackets over and over for years. And, and I like doing that. 
When you do want to shop, where do you like to go? I mean, do you, are you an online shopper? Do you like to be in a physical store? Yeah, so I am a thrifty shopper. So when I do want to shop, I actually do a couple of things. I go through my closet end to end and match up all the outfits and try to figure out what's missing, right? So I try to ask myself, does this just need a new shell to bring it to life? Does it need a different pair of pants to bring it to life? And then once I figure out what's missing, I'll quickly go online and order a bunch of stuff and have it come in to complete an outfit. Um, but I also mix and match a lot. Um, but I tell you, I do a lot of galas and evening mm-hmm. wear, and I am the queen of thrift stores. I have the best Vera Wang beautiful gown um, that I got uh, at a at a thrift store in Dallas. So I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest yeah. obsessive about thrifting. Yeah, I think I it is. It. It's like my joy. Yeah, it's my joy. And it's also for <laughs> me, you know, I grew up in a family where my parents were so hardworking and they were raising eight children. And my mother, um, you know, didn't have the money. My dad didn't have the money to just re-outfit eight children for right. school every year. And so they would always go to this local Salvation Army. And to this day, I go to one right around the corner from my house. But now I get a lot of furniture from there and refurnish it, uh, which is a whole nother thing. But I still have this thing about childhood. When I walk into a Salvation Army, it reminds me of my childhood. I'm usually looking for furniture, though, now, as opposed to clothes. Right. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're very successful. And what was something that you bought yourself when you realized that you were making some real money and you have, you know, some money in your pocket and you probably could afford to splurge a little bit? Was there something specific that you remember buying yourself as a marker of your success? Uh, I bought a house, (laughs) a really fabulous house. And then I bought another one. And then I bought another one. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I made a little bit of a real estate investment. I mean, Um, that is a much more impressive answer than someone being like a Gucci bag, which is still wonderful. It's still wonderful. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, am I a big shopper, right? It's because I'm not a big shopper. So I don't really know brands the way that other people know brands. And I don't have fabulous purses or any of that. Um, so for that reason, I tend to sort of think about what's going to be more long lasting for me. Uh, I want to look great. And so I find ways to feel good about how I look and uh, and to have, I think, a brand that people would say always look put together. But it's not what I strive for first. Um, I just want to think about, you know, some other investments that I can make. But if you did need a, you know, a bag, for example, where if you're not going to go out and buy that, quote, fabulous bag, which I totally get, where are you going to get a bag from? Just a department store. Mm-hmm. You know, if I need a bag, I'm going to go and, and look like a reasonably around. Priced a reasonably bag. priced bag at a department store, which I'll have it forever. But, you know, my other favorite thing to do to find bags is at antique stores. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, the style of the... I should have been born in the 50s. So that whole sort of cinch waist, you know, beautiful skirts that flare out, that is my style. I love that. And the bags that women had then, they were so elegant. And so I love going to thrift stores and finding these beautiful, elegant 
elegant bags that usually come from the 50s. And one of my favorite coats is a coat that's from probably the late 50s, early 60s. I wish I could remember the designer, but it's this beautiful cream cashmere with this gorgeous sort of white mink collar. And I, I'll wear the mink because, you know, it's from the 50s and 60s. And so that, that mink was dead years ago. Uh, and so it's just beautiful and wonderful. And I love to wear it. I just love that era and that style. So if I'm really looking for a great bag, uh, that's where I'm going. And in fact, I found one in Illinois that's an evening bag. It's a black um, velvet with little bitty um, red and blue and green florals on it, um, but not that alligator grandmothery looking thing. Uh, just just beautiful. And I love to take it out in the evening. So You should check out Etsy. Do you ever check out Etsy I love for Etsy. bags? I've been I, getting a ton yeah. of um, vintage beaded yes. bags on Etsy. Yeah, I love Etsy. Incredible ones. And eBay. Those are fun mm-hmm. places to go trolling through to find trolling, yeah. Yeah, cute stuff. I and developed then, like a yeah. little evening bag problem from Etsy. You can like, do that. I don't even go out. You can do that. And I'm like, how many evening bags can I have? But you got to have them because one day you're going to go out. Like, where am I going with yeah. 30 beaded evening bags? You know what? To the grocery store. He's a Just take like, it to the grocery <laughs> grocery store because you can. I know. I should display them or something. You should display them. Because they're so nice and yeah. they're so interesting. I just don't think that garments and bags are made that way anymore no. unless they're really, really expensive. Yes. And yes. I can't always go and splurge on that beautiful beaded bag. But to see one for $20 made in the 50s, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, I need 10 of them. You do. And you know that there was some woman who cherished that, right? Because it's still of good quality that mm-hmm. you can buy it and use it now. And so I love the fact that I'm carrying on a legacy for someone. It meant something to her. And while her family may have discarded it, it meant something and she kept it and she kept it whole and she kept it, you know, in its best condition. That's a good and point. I tr- yeah. And I try to do the same with it and and honor whoever she was. I wish vintage like items came with a little like descriptor card yeah. of who this belonged to. That's right. That's that would right. be so nice. I love it. I love it. Whose style do you admire? Is there anybody in this world, maybe a celebrity or somebody even in your family? My mother had the best style um, because she didn't have a lot of money, but she used to always say, I want to be classic and I want my girls to be classic. So she was really specific about how she dressed us and how we showed up in the world. And she would always tell us to buy things that would have longevity. And so I admired that. Um, my mother is is um, in a nursing home now. You know, she's in her 80s. But I remember so well when I was cleaning out her closet and looking at some of her clothing that was so beautiful um, that she had kept for so many years. She had this beautiful red wool suit um, that was straight line and kind of military style jacket, buttons down the front. It was so gorgeous. And um you know, she had it forever. And so I think um, I, I think about her a lot. I channel her a lot in wanting to just show up in a way that's classic and, and elegant because that's who she was. I've spoken to a lot of women for this podcast specifically who work in fields that I would describe as traditionally male heavy. So I spoke to some stand-up comics and I spoke to, you know, a really well-known sideline reporter in sports. And we talked a bit about this idea of being a woman in these male heavy fields and not only wanting, but needing to look good, but not too good. And I'm wondering in your world, I mean, I feel like in corporate America, there's probably... There's, it's exemplified the most there. And I was wondering if that's something that you ever think about, like looking attractive and put together, but like not too good because I still need to be taken seriously. And I'm doing that in quotes, of course, Mm -hmm. but... 
Not anymore. I, I may have thought about that, you know, particularly when I started in the 80s. And it was such a different era. It was an era where folks were getting away with a lot more than they could ever get away with now, right? And so I had a very sort of classic uh, traditional look and, and, you know, stuck to that because you just wanted to make sure that you were not an outlier. But then times changed and I don't think a lot about it anymore. You know, I, I think about just showing up every day, being the best I can be. And look, we all have bad days, right? Where we show up and think, oh, but not my best day in terms of how I showed up physically, you know, bad hair days or bad makeup days or whatever. But I don't think about that anymore. Uh, I, I think a lot about my brain speaks for itself and either you respect it or you don't. And if you're distracted, you know, by the package that that's showing up, that's not my problem, that's yours. And so, uh, again, my style is such that I, it's classic anyway, probably a little bit leaning toward conservative just because of where I am in my life, just because of how I was raised. Um, but I don't think much about it. Do you think it's important for younger women coming up in your field to dress a certain way or are you of the mind, you know, their brain can speak for themselves. You know, I, I used to feel at some stage of my career that it was my responsibility to coach young people mm-hmm. about appropriateness and how to show up. Honestly, I think I've gotten to the stage now where I'm like, you know what? Do you, boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I don't spend a lot of time sort of in that space anymore. Uh, and corporations have changed. I mean, my corporation is, is very casual. So on any given day, you walk into the office and someone has on tennis shoes, T-shirts, blue jeans. And so it's a much more casual work environment. And therefore, the rules are different and aren't the same. I don't really spend a lot of time coaching in that regard uh, anymore. I think that people have to find their way sometimes. And if they ask for my opinion, I'm happy to share it, but I don't proactively go out of my way. You're not offering unsolicited advice. I'm not offering unsolicited (laughs) advice on what anyone has on, (laughs) male or female. Yeah. Smart, I think. Mm -hmm. Probably. I feel like that's a safe, safe way to be. Yeah. You have children, right? Two children? I do. I have two sons. I have uh, one that's an adult who lives in Houston and a son who's off in college, sophomore. Did becoming a mom change your style at all when you became a mom? I certainly moved toward convenience, right? I mean, when you have little children that you're trying to, you know, get up in the morning and get their day going and spend time with them, everything has to just be simple and convenient. Um, And I still probably lean toward that. I travel a lot. And so my clothes have to travel well. Uh, I need things that are going to be as wrinkle-free as possible, things that are going to hang well, look great, you know, endure, you know, a lot of travel, suitcases. Uh, and so that's really important. And and I guess at this stage too, um, honestly, I think I spend more time worried about my makeup than I spend worrying about the clothes now. Because I find as I age, I need to focus more on the makeup to the clothes. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. 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 Are you somebody that, I mean, two sons, so it's a little bit different, but are you ever invested in what your kids wear? Like when growing up, did you, were you, because I know so many women, I mean, my own mother specifically with my sister was pretty like legitimately serious about what she wore, like picked out her outfits and 
Or will you just like wear whatever you want? You know, it's interesting. My husband's actually the fashionista of the house. Huh. I mean, he cares so much about what he puts on all the time. He has more clothes than I do. And he's very deliberate. If you look, walk in our closet, his side is beautiful. There are <laughs> dust covers on every suit. Everything's lined up. The shoes are perfect. They all have the little shoe trees. He is so particular. And then you turn to my section, it's like, oh, I mean, it's just hung up, right? And so my boys then inherited, I think, his sort of aesthetic in terms of he was always sort of on them about what they were wearing. It's interesting, my younger son now is his own version of of his own sort of fashion guy. I was with him this past week and he was talking about wanting to change his style now. He's like, mom, I'm going to change my style. I want to do more crew necks. I want to do more sweaters. Aww, I want to do. I love so that he's, he's thinking he's about thinking that. About sort of his neckline. Look. Yeah, his neckline. What he wants to to, to wear. He, he changed his hair. Um, you know, because he grew up, you know, in our house. So he had a very sort of conservative buzz cut. Now he has the Travis Scott look with all the little braids coming down, yes. and he's just doing his college he's being thing. A modern, and college he's doing kid. a modern college kid. And it's so cute watching him talk about his style and show me all the things that he's interested in. I love that. Uh, yeah, so he's he's really funny. And then my older son is, um, you know, he's older, so he's kind of gone through that phase and is right. just sort of, you know, showing up in just, you know, dockers or whatever. Um, but it's really cute. And when he was younger, my youngest, yeah, I chose everything he wore and, you know, had a lot of classic outfits, sailor outfits and this and this and that. And then, of course, he got older and he just, he did his thing. He wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. You know, for a while he had to wear a uniform to school and once he outgrew the uniform, he just did his own thing. So, Well, I'm glad to hear that your son is interested, your, your college age son, because I have a son myself and he's a baby, but I really hope that he'll be interested in clothes. I... Always wanted a daughter specifically to have like a shopping buddy. Like yeah. that's really how I felt. And then I had a son, and obviously I was thrilled. But a, a little bit, a little bit of the wind was yeah. knocked out of my sails yeah. because I'm like, okay, traditionally I feel like this kid won't ever want to go shopping with me. But I hope he does. Well, let's be clear. My son has no interest in ever shopping okay, with me. Fine. Like let's not confuse <laughs> the issue. In fact, what happens now is I actually have him buy me some of the things that he's wearing. He came home once with these really cool pants that kind of faded you know, grayish black jeans with the white stripe up the side and the drawstring. They were so cool. I was like, can you go get me a pair? And he went back and came home with a pair. So we have matching pants, which he's like, please don't wear those and we're together. Like, like, can we not? not? I'm like, (laughs) but we can be twinsies because we carry, we have the same birthday. We were born on the same birthday. And I'm like, well, we can be, you know, twins, same birthday. Astrological twins and style twins. He's like, we're not doing that. So yeah, yeah. How do you see yourself dressing in 30 years? What does what does older Rose in your head look like? Yeah, okay. So older Rose in my head, first of all, she's 30 years from now. She'll have plenty of time to go to the gym. So I, <laughs> I envision this older Rose who's really going to be in great shape, right? Okay, fair. Um, but I'm going to cut off my hair so that it's all natural. Uh, right now it's a little pixie, but I'm going to get rid of it so I don't have to do anything but wake up and wash and go. Uh, I am going to actually wear just really comfortable sort of oversized things, but but not sloppy. Like I want to wear, you know, a pair of like um, straight pants. You know, if you think about the Mary Tyler Moore, you know, uh, no, um, the Dick Van Dyke 
age era. I want those kind of 60s straight pants. So just a nice like sweater or a loose uh, fitting a shirt on over it. And then just flats. That's going to be the rose of 30 years from now. Regal. Um, yeah, hopefully still walking because 30 years from now. <laughs> do a quick speed round. Okay. And so just answer the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. What was the last thing that you bought? Anything. Shoes. Where? Spain. Yeah. What is your all-time favorite television show? It's a movie. It's Meet Me in St. Louis with Judy Garland. Okay. Movie. It's a movie. Okay. What would be your last meal on earth? Salmon. uh, Blackened salmon. Salad. Water and chocolate cake. How do you fall asleep at night? Unfortunately, I just literally lay down and I fall asleep. Why is that unfortunate? That's the dream. It's like I just lay down and go to sleep. I'm always so exhausted by the time the night comes. There's no segue into sleep. I'm so jealous when I hit the bed, go to sleep. I also wake up the same way. Do you get up early? Yes, and my body just wakes up, and in one fell swoop, the covers come off, and I move out of bed. There's no there's slow, no snooze there's button no, thirty times. There's no slow moving. Everything in my life is sleep, wake up. Oh, that's why you're successful. Yeah. Um, what was your first concert? Gladys Knight and the Pips. Ooh, where? In St. Louis with my husband uh, at this fabulous theater whose name I can't remember now, but it's in one of those old renovated theaters downtown and, and we went together uh, and it was lovely. Yeah. My last question you've already answered, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And it is, what era do you identify most with fashion-wise? But you said probably the 1950s. The 1950s, a little bit leaning into the 60s. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you. for doing this. You were wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. What I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samatin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samatin. P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Ali Perry, and our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when.